The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, Whiskey Ginger fans. Happy New Year. Welcome. I'm so excited to be starting off the year once again with you kids. Uh, If you want to come see me live, the Red Rocket Tour has begun. I'm so excited. I go to uh, Edmonton, Canada. First stop on the tour, and then I go to Denver Comedy Works, Ooh, one of my favorite clubs in the entire country, where I filmed my first album. Such a good spot. Edmonton, Denver. Then I go to Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. Minneapolis, baby. Then I shoot over to Madison, Wisconsin. Mad town. I love you guys. Uh, and then February, March, April, May, we have a ton of dates on the website. Go to andrewsantino.com. That's where you can get all that information. That's also where you can find the tour, find the merch, the Red Rocket merch, the Whiskey Ginger merch. Everything, the Red Rocket stuff is all up there and loaded. Slugger Santino shirts are there. Uh, Everything is ready to rock, so go grab some merch there. Also, our Patreon is in the link in the description below. The Patreon is going to be one-on-one interaction with fans, a lot of Cheeto chats, live stuff here in the new year. We're uh, about to release that. And then at the end of the month, Bobby Ree, Robbie Robert Ree, and I are doing our podcast, so stay tuned. That's a coming. But in the meantime, enjoy the episode. In here... We pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are oh, hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. It's Mr. Shane Moss. Shane! Hey! Cheers! Cheers! Fuck Thank yeah, you. Dude. A little this sipper in the afternoon. Mmm. I'm having a little bit of Joseph Magnus. You're having a little Eagle Rare. You tried the Magnus. Did you like it? I did. I like both. Yeah, they're, which one do you like more, do you think? Uh, maybe the Magnus. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm actually new to drinking again. I, I take like years off at a time. Cool. And then I'll start again, and uh, this has been the best start again, where I've been like drinking reasonably and everything, yeah. and and uh, and so I'm like reacquiring all of my tastes. Oh, nice! And uh, so yeah, I don't have the most sophisticated palate developed again just yet. You're gonna but get a kid. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna get you it just back. gotta put the time in. Yeah, <laughs> it's just about it's just about work. That's more than anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is that's interesting because do you have any? Are there any alcohol that you used to like and now you don't like or vice versa? I mean, not not since like being a kid and being like, guess I can't drink pucker anymore. But no, I never had the I never had the thing where it was like, Oh, I had a bad night on tequila, now I can't drink tequila okay, anymore because it's because it's just like that would mean that I can't drink any booze anymore. Right. I've That's had true. enough bad nights off of everything I mean, I've that had, there is. I've had rum is my a spice rum. I Captain Morgan people know me. I've talked about it on the show. I think it's the most repulsive whiskey on earth. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, rum on earth. It's it's yeah. There's something yeah, about it. Spice it, rum to me is like ooh, I can regular yeah. like rum. Regular rum is not so bad. Yeah, but um, 
Sp- uh, Captain Morgan's is like a spiced specific flavored rum. Yeah, yeah, that's Gross. that's that's one that I I was into I stay away early it. on and not so much anymore. But mm-hmm. there's thing, you know, I think that's a natural progression. Like Jaeger sure. is like I don't know, you know man. I know some forty that... year olds that still have Jaeger. <laughs> like I know some. There's some guys like you know what I mean. You go, there's some guys I bump into once in a while. I'm like, you're still drinking like that. <laughs> That still ha- they take what? You, what is it? Um, with Red Bull, Jaeger bombs. I'm like, that's yeah. You have three kids. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you have a you have like a full time job. You like are, re- are responsible for like a crew of people. Yeah, I don't understand that uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's nice to be. How old are you I, now? I I'm 39. I okay, turn so 40 next May. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. It's how old nice, are you? I'm 36. Okay. It's nice to be like in the groove of like. So I was thinking about that today. What you just said is like you take time off. I've never taken a big time off, but what I will do is I'll just, I'll go drastically down. Like I'll go in one week, I'll just have like one at home by myself. Mm -hmm. Or like I've never like gone cold turkey and had none because I think I'm an Irish drunk and it's Mm -hmm. just a part of my lineage. Sure. But I do, and now that I'm in this part of my life, what I do now is I drink less and more specifically. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I really don't go out and get just just punch drunk, wasted. Yeah. But I will have a few at the house, you know, with the old bag. We, her and I will get toasted, but it's like specific to a time, and it's it's a small amount. It's not the same. Yeah, I mean, I had to take breaks because it was i was still in the mode of like yeah i'll hang out with people after shows and Mm-mm. stuff and drink and now it doesn't it doesn't matter how much i've had to drink there that's not going to be appealing to me no. i'm not going to be like yeah i'm just gonna party with you guys all night that just doesn't <laughs> so I, I don't get myself in trouble like i used to smart so i used to be I, you know i used to black out like fairly often and that was so the first time that i quit drinking years ago for like successfully like for a few years what it was was i didn't i didn't like i need to get into aa or anything i was just like I, you know what i'm gonna take one month off of drinking and just see how it feels yeah and then at the end of that i was like oh my god like i'm so much more clear-headed i'm so much more productive what was i doing and so yeah and so i just took uh and, and then i just like didn't my girlfriend was happier with me at the time and everything. And then I, I just kept on doing that for like a couple of years. And then when I single again, this is a pattern too. And then when I single again, started drinking again. Sure. And then met a lady, couldn't, you know, fun at first in the beginning partying. And I was like, we need to not do this all the time. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. okay, I'll sober up and... And uh, and then and now I'm single again, so I started drinking again. That's a good pattern. That's not yeah, a bad pattern. Yeah, it's not bad. It sounds like when and your life gets good, you start to clean it up more. Yeah, yeah, So like yeah, when you yeah, find yeah. someone you want to be more responsible, you clean up. And yeah. then when a relationship falls to pieces, you're like, back to the bottle, baby. Yeah, I, and, and it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even, like, this time around, what it was was I was at a festival this summer. Uh, it's like Burning Man. It's called Azora outside of, uh, outside of Budapest. And whoa. it was this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Sure. Don't just scoot over something so so magical like that. Yeah. And we have to get into a lot of different categories. If people that don't know, Shane, you're no stranger to substances because you you enjoy dabbling in drugs. Yeah, I do. In, in, and your, I'm in your historical open past, about I guess. that. Yes. And, uh, but and tell us about Budapest. Mostly, I'm a big psychedelic advocate. Yes. I have shows yep. that I that I do about psychedelics sometimes and that sort of thing. And so I got brought to Budapest to give a talk about DMT. Um, that's how amazing my <laughs> life is. Like, like not, even, not even to talk, not even to do comedy or anything. Just like, hey, talk about your thoughts on on DMT. How which many is, times have you done DMT? Uh, 
Well, I've had about a hundred, a little over a hundred like breakthrough experiences, what? like the full going all the way. And then outside of that, like I've, I've microdosed DMT and stuff. So like hundreds of times I've had like Whoa. small amounts of DMT, which microdosing DMT, I don't like microdosing psychedelics, but microdosing DMT is awesome. Why don't it's you fantastic. like microdosing psychedelics? Because it just doesn't, for me, it doesn't do anything. It seems to like... Your tolerance uh, like, is too uh, high. Is it, no, it's just like, you, you know, I've heard... I like it not, and in theory, it's like, you know, you don't actually feel it, but it makes you a little more creative, maybe eases depression. For me, I've been like, oh, I'm going through a bit of depression right now. I'll try microdosing, and that seems to only make it worse, which psychedelics usually exacerbate whatever is going on mm-hmm. inside of you. And the big breakthrough experiences, which is I actually recommend for people, um, are the ones where you just kind of see your inner worlds more clearly and that's the stuff that you learn from. And so that's much better for like sorting out some depression issue or some like say career funk or not knowing exactly the direction I want to take things in life. A very big mushroom trip will bring me like a little bit of clarity and to like, okay, this is where I want to go going forward. I'll have like five different ideas of, of do I want to start this podcast? Do I want to put this tour together? And like all of it is, that's when I get depressed because I'm like, it's my body being like, hold up before we commit the next two years of our lives to this project. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Right. And then that and then the ambiguity of that can lead to a bit of depression. And usually a big um, trip will give me some sense of clarity in terms of I don't think it's like necessarily the right path or anything, but just like a clear path forward. And that's a lot of what life is about, just like having a path forward sure. and, and keep moving whether it's necessarily and you need to reassess things once in a while and maybe take a different direction right but that's when you when you keep moving and have like some path forward that's a lot better than what the fuck do i do right, right where now? am i going you know? it's funny because a couple we on this podcast we uh, i did a solo podcast over thanksgiving and i was talking about this tribe called quest song and keep it moving k-i-m is the that's like the, the that's the course of the song, yeah. And a lot of the fans were kind of like talking about it online, and I was like, it is po- probably the best way for me to deal with my personal because I have pretty bad depression mm. and anxiety, and I go through these massive waves. Mm. And keep it moving was always kind of this. I love listening to hip hop, old school hip hop, and like kind of upbeat shit when I'm feeling low, like the flower era of hip hop, the nineties. And that song always was like keep it moving was always just this mainstay in my head. So it's it's very odd that you just said that because it was it's become kind of a part of the show of like. Keeping it moving was always my advice to people when they write in about how they feel depression and how to get through it. Because you, you realize how many people struggle with shit in life. I think we ignore it all the time. Yeah. We just think everyone's on a, an equal plane. Well, there's a lot of social pressure to put on a face and yes, act like bullshit. everything's going on uh, yeah. well all I'm of totally the time. Good. Yeah. The, fra- the phrase, how are you? And you just go, good. It's, a, it's, a, it's an innate... Yeah. response that we've taught ourselves socially but it's not true you and know, like and i actually don't do that like if someone asks me how i'm doing i tell them the truth and like and sometimes my friends they know that about me so they're sometimes nervous to ask me <laughs> how i'm doing they're like oh god this how might be a you? therapy session yeah but the thing is is when i tell them things are going good they know that i mean it and they're like excited for me that's wonderful and though. it's it's a game sh- i've actually had friends because i do that they they've started implementing that in their lives and they're like yeah it changes my approach to how i think about things i don't feel like i'm putting on this facade all the time i think it's a much healthier way to be i I think a lot of like the corporate and work workplace really really uh 
puts so much pressure on people to be a cheerleader yeah. all of the time. Yeah, and they want they want you to be happy and healthy and wise and upbeat. And you know, there's especially like these massive Chinese companies. I mean, have you ever seen these like videos of these Chinese corporations? They they indoctrinate <laughs> their employees with these kind of like. Um, songs they make up like anthems and songs for the company, yeah. so they cheer for the company at the beginning of the day. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's the most fucking creepy robotic <laughs> shit you've ever yeah. seen. It's, but that's a part of these massive corporate conglomerate systems. Is like you have to keep these people in some kind of order, and we falsify this. We're all happy, right? Because it it makes other people feel bad if they're not following suit. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm not, in, I'm not in line, but. That, but you seem to be somebody from his. I, I, we haven't known each other that well for that long. But every time I see you, I'm always happy to see you, and it's always you, you're you're a pretty bright light. And I don't know, I don't know whether that's obviously now you've said that that's not you f- covering something up. You're you're actually displaying your real emotions. But when I see you, you you seem very bright, and it is always like kind of smiley to see you. Yeah, and maybe that maybe that's just our connection. But I yeah, just feel yeah. like you have a. Um, when I do run into you, you have kind of like a rich, uh, a rich uh, feeling about you that's like happy or, or in, a, in a good place. I mean, for me, because I spend so much time on the road and I'm so um, isolated in ways, which I actually like, I, I, I don't, there's a couple of negative emotions that just don't affect me very much. One is jealousy and another is loneliness. Like I know what they feel like. I experience right. them, but they just don't drive my behavior. They don't really influence me that that's much. Wow. And I'm grateful for that. There's other things like depression that really severely affect me. But um, because of because of that, like I don't get to see my peers as you know people that are like around the same level or whatever as much as I'd like to because I yeah. don't I'm not in L.A. or New York very often outside of like doing some festivals sometimes. And so usually. If you see, I'm probably excited to just be like, hey, I get to hang out with like one of the guys that's like, you know, around my level or you're doing fucking very well for yourself. Oh, same Uh, though, same. uh, But I know what you mean. Like our peers and... We're, because otherwise you're working with like the local feature host or whatever and they're they're, like kissing your ass too much to like, (laughs) can you take me on tour with you and all of that. And it's not, it's not just, you know, it's a different connection with like your, your peers. Yeah. It's almost like you're, um. You know, it, it is hard sometimes that you become kind of like this, you have to be this, like, uh, this guiding light. Like, you didn't know you signed up for that, but, you know, that like, sometimes they want people below you that you're working with oftentimes want so much help and advice, and I'm usually quick to give it, and I'm cool with it, but yeah. sometimes you just want to have regular conversations like you're just pe- people. Because It's also weird to me when, people, when comics are just like, wow. One day, if I could get where that guy is, right. headlining the Chuckle Hut in Toledo, <laughs> yeah. Ohio, and yeah, I'm up there like, I'm fucking broke. I hate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like, you want to be, your dream is to be me, dude. It is their dream. <laughs> but that's the crazy thing about this game is like, it's, yeah. it, it is, it's, it's, uh, I say that lily pad theory. It's like every frog thinks jumping to the next lily pad is going to be more stable than the one yeah, that you're yeah, It's not yeah. the case. So you have to start to enjoy the the lily pad that you're on, yeah. And you and, and you have to try. I mean, fuck, dude. Let's jump backwards. You got invited to Budapest to perform at a festival. Yeah. I mean, what what was the name of the festival again? It's called Zora. Zora. Z o r a. O Zora. O Zora. A z a a z o r a. 
Okay, and then what is it? Does that mean something? Uh, it's the name of the city that it's in. Oh, it's, a, it's a town, yeah. That's how dumb um, I am. I'm so bad with oh, geography. I, I am as well. <laughs> I, I, don't, like, well I don't know I, that. I know all of the U.S. very well now because I Traveled travel it. around to it yeah. all the time. But yeah, so it was a Psytrance festival. I hadn't drank in a long time. I had just spent two days on a train because these guys were like, uh, that that booked me they're like hey do you want to like make a trip out of this and spend a couple of days on a train and stop and do this and like really sold it like an adventure yeah and and really it was just like two like 14 hour days on a train mm. and toward the end i was like Ugh. and i got to this festival and if you've never heard psytrance music before it's not just like chill fucking music to like hang out it is like intense like you know, like hard, like dubstep-ish kind of thing would be a closer yes. analogy. Yeah, and like, and it's twenty four seven, and it's and it's um. So to give you an idea, my tent, and you're sleeping in a tent. It's like a Burning Man situation, and right. so my tent was like probably close to like a half a mile, a mile away from the main stage, and it was still like the ground was like vibrating and you wake up and the music and, and the music such that they put like all these strange sounds in it i was waking up at like eight in the morning to like cat screams being mixed into a song like what the fuck, fuck? i just went to bed at five and so anyhow i show up there it's pouring rain and i know that this is a cool ass festival but i also know this is going to be a fucking nightmare if i'm sober yeah and it's the type of place that i'd normally do some acid or something like that but i i had been taking a break from psychedelics because i had some mental health issues a couple years ago and shooting a documentary about psychedelics called psychonautics a comics exploration of psychedelics amazon prime and <laughs> Good um, drop. and so i i i was like nervous about if it were been in the U.S., I would have done a psychedelic, but I was nervous about doing my first psychedelic in two years in a foreign country, sure. having another manic episode and getting confused and Valid. not being able to know what to do. There's like a, you know, this I'm far away from like home. Forty thousand people, and yeah. and like uh, there's no phone reception. I can't get a hold of the people that I'm with, and there's like this very like affable charming like host guy that's like uh, this hungarian dude has like two bottles of hungarian wine and, he's like, hey, you guys want? and i was like you know what i will drink some of your wine and it's like i'm cold it's loud this might suck or i can drink and have a fucking blast yeah and so that's when i started drinking again this time around and, and you had and, a blast uh, haven't haven't regretted it I, i've had uh, getting used to drinking again, there's a couple times where I was like, oh, now I'm drinking a little too much. I got to wrangle that in. And, right. and especially when when your tolerance isn't there yet, then you're just getting hung over like every fucking day. And, and any time that you drink and and uh, and so it can be like kind of miserable. And and so. So, yeah, that's what got me on uh, back on the train, uh, back on the train. Yeah, you got, I mean, you got to you got to find a balance. I mean, there's a ba- there has to be a balance in all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. We ha- we all have to find a balance in life. With with whatever substance that you're using, because I, you know, I say you got to be careful with everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Did you, was there any? So, is was there any moment when you were there that you really wanted to take psychedelics? Oh, the absolutely, festival? the but entire you just, time. You just didn't want. You just were like, I can't. Yeah, it's just yeah, better not. Yeah, and and uh, how was yeah, how was, was the speech? How like how did that go? That was great. It was yeah. fantastic. Really, I mean, it's it's what I'm trying to transition into is out of traditional stand-up and doing more like um 
half t- like funny talks. Sure. So like I have a I have a the show that I tour with full time right now is called Stand Up Science. So I have two scientists on each show giving talks about their work, and then I have a second comic, and so it's half comedy sets, half science talks, and it allows me to the the opportunity to just be like, hey, I can just stand up here and share this really interesting idea uh and and thing that i learned for like five minutes without it having to be funny or or with it like you know i'll have like a punchline at the end or something like that but but it's okay that i just talked for five minutes and people were really interested right and that's what i want my career to be and that's what i'm trying to transit i have a science podcast called here we are where i interview scientists weekly about their their work and so that's the sort of stuff i i am trying to do i'm doing a psychedelic version of stand-up science called head talks that i just started doing Jeez. as well and you got it so, all you're spinning a million fucking plates i am and I'm, you're not and even I'm, living you're there's i'm doing you're living on the road three to four cities a week and Holy part of shit. part of the mission of it is because i don't think like what i'm doing is the most novel thing in the world in terms of in terms of like say this were like a monthly show in la or new york or something like that it wouldn't be like the most groundbreaking like you know la and new york have tons of amazing unique interesting shows and but what's different about what i'm doing is i'm taking things to like wichita kansas and stuff like that where where people don't have any you know there's a bunch of like really smart um people that don't that are in like uh, you know, red states that don't get to like hear science talks and don't get sure. exposure to stuff like that. And and so I try to find the cities that are kind of underserved in terms of um, intelligent entertainment and they and come target out them. And, and I target them and they come out and, and uh, it's been going really well. That's awesome. Well, I learned like I went down to Huntsville, Alabama to play a single show down there. If fucking NASA's there. So it's like, yeah. Alabama has this rap of being kind of a country bumpkin place. And yeah. It is, so to speak. It's a lot of it's a lot of small towns. Yeah. But then you also realize all these a lot of the people that came onto my show were fucking like like nerd like dorks, and I was like, oh th- yeah, right. These NASA kids want something to do, so they go to a comedy club because comedy clubs tend to be this kind of transference of ideas, and depending on the comedian who's presenting them, you can get some funny, witty, sharp intellectual comedy. Because I feel like they need that in a place where they're kind of devoid of yeah you know i no offense but a little bit of culture i mean they're in the middle of fuck huntsville is not a big fucking place i, I mean i don't think any of your listeners yeah. would be <laughs> like why are you talking shit about huntsville yeah, but i, I, just feel I like, mean you know, it's usually I, I think it's usually people are surprised to hear that like people are like well how do your shows do in the south you have a science oh, show that you t- they they do better than anywhere. Yeah, they, they love like, it. like in L.A. and New York. People are like, whatever. I right, could right. I could see a science talk any night of the week. And it's understandable. You right. know, there's just a billion options for people. And um, it's like Vegas. There's too much to do in cities like this. Yeah. And then you go to other places. They're appreciative. You're there. They're like, fuck. Thanks for coming. Yeah. A guy in San Antonio said that. He goes, Will you come back? I said, Yeah, probably. I don't. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm here now. Like. Right. And he goes, Yeah, but pe- but I but people don't come back. And I and I want you to come back. And I was like, You. I just. I guess we forget we're so kind of privileged when you do get to live in cities like LA or New York or Chicago or whatever that's like thriving and they've got all of this shit going on that when you go to a place that doesn't have, it's not nothing, but it doesn't have as much, they kind of hold on to things more. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're excited more. They're like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm happy that you're here. Yeah. Here we're brats. They're spoiled fucking brats. At any given night of the week at the comedy store, the fifth, the, the $20 they paid for to get in 
the lineup there is worth like five grand. Yeah. And they still complain. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's yeah. fucking crazy yeah. how spoiled they are. So it's nice to, I like Just going arm, to these places. Arms yeah, crossed, arms crossed. Like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Come on, babe. You want to go <laughs> somewhere else? Yeah. That, that's the, that is the inherent problem. So you're living on the road right now. We said that yeah. before the show we were talking. You don't have a place right now. You're you're on the move. My last place was Portland. Went through a breakup in April, and and at the time I was I was trying to plan out my uh, my girlfriend at the time wanted to take a break from work for a year and come live on the road with me for wow. a year and travel around. So I was lining all of that up. So like, how do I make that work logistically? And and it's something that I've wanted to do since I I did this indie tour about psychedelics called A Good Trip that was like this hundred and eleven city tour. I did that in two thousand sixteen to seventeen. And everyone thought I was crazy for doing it. I, before I did it, I was like, this might be crazy. And when I did it, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is exactly what I want to be doing all of the time. Wow. Like, and that was the first time that I put all my stuff in storage for nine months and just lived on the road. And I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I was like, this is, this is what I want. 111 and, cities? Yeah. And, Dude, uh, holy shit, Shane, <laughs> yeah. that's insane. I know. I mean, yeah. do, you, do, you, do you also take some time for yourself? Like, you, I mean, because when you're working, working, working like that, like, do you, you also kind of need some yeah. recovery, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that was, that tour, there was, there was times when I was doing like six shows, six cities a week, pretty, what? pretty regularly. God and, damn, um, and now, now I do, and there's even like I think I did like 21 cities in a row or something like that in like 21 days or something, and I uh, now I try to build in, I try to do every other day. I try to do three a week, yeah. So I have Smart. four days off, and it's spread out a take little a bit. Take a fucking break, man! Holy things, shit! So, How do you yeah. get from gig to gig? I mean, I can't, I can't take a break anytime I want to. So like, I'll, I'll go through Wisconsin where I'm from originally. Yeah. And my parents are still in my hometown, as well as my sister, what my brother-in-law, La Crosse, Wisconsin. It's on the border of Minnesota Cross, and Iowa. Baby. Yeah. It's right in between Madison and Minneapolis. And then my brother's in Milwaukee. And then I have just tons of uh, old friends in like Minneapolis and Madison. So I'll sometimes like just take a month off to hang out around there cool. and you need get it. some family time and stuff like that. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, and sometimes I, it, you know, sometimes I'll just be like. I'll also plan it out so if I'm like, this might be too much time alone for a person to spend um, and still be a healthy person. So I'll just like book one of my comic friends to come along on tour with me for a couple of weeks or something like Mike Kaplan did it recently. Oh, cool, like cool, cool. Good fit for a science-y show. New York, you know? He's in New York? Yeah, New York, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a... Maybe nerdier, more cerebral comedian, sure, sure. and uh, and so great fit for it. Yeah, that's cool. You get to stop so, stopping over in the Midwest is kind of nice to have that kind of you know. As a Chicago guy, it's like whenever I'm anywhere near the fucking Midwest, I'm like I gotta go home. Like coincidentally, I'm playing uh, at the end of the month, at the end of January. I'm doing Madison and Minnesota, and because of it, I'm like I have to go home. It's almost like there's that magnet to go home when I'm in the Midwest. I'm like, I have to stop by. Yeah. Because if I don't, I feel like uh, I feel I'll feel bad. I was like, I was so close. I should. You know what I mean? I mean, it's pretty cool. My mom's side of the family is all still in kind of the same hometown, but my dad's side is spread out all over the country. And they never see each other. And they're now like trying really hard to make a point to like, we gotta have a get together, like once a year to right. hang out with one everybody's another dying. and stuff. That's what happens. But I get to I get to see my family like 
four times a year spaced out a little, you wow. know I'm, I'm seeing them like every few months or so sometimes it's just for like two days and just because of the way my routing well, is i gotta enough. keep moving but yeah how many, day, often, how many days do you fucking want yeah yeah, yeah it's, off, it's two often three days and i'm like i gotta get it wait how are you getting from place to place to place driving so are you renting a car just renting and renting and renting, and renting? I, w- I was doing that for a while and now now i have everything sorted out so that i'm driving almost everywhere i drove to california mountain time zone is like there's just like nothing in terms of gigs there there's yeah. a, there's like colorado Denver. you got a little arizona and stuff like that but especially up north in montana and stuff there's nothing yeah and um and uh so beautiful expanse to drive through but if you're just like by yourself you don't want to drive like 20 hours for nah. nothing and um so yeah so i so i flew in here and i have a rental car right now and i often do that when i'm touring the west coast but other than that most of my stuff is central time zone and eastern time zone and i'm just kind of making loops around my show stand up science is a different show every single time that i do it wow it's all different it's two different scientists in every city which uh if you're wondering if that's hard to find two different scientists four cities a week it is it's very it's time extremely consuming hard i imagine i have a full-time assistant who helps me out with things and yeah and uh and so uh you know i it's i can barely even prepare for the shows it's so like i know what the topics are and the gist of what they're going to be talking about and i have i have a broad knowledge of lots of different subjects from doing my science podcast for five years but a lot of times i'm just kind of winging it and i'm thinking about what they're gonna be and i kind of like choose some material that i have that's related and then i watch the talk and i improvise and and so i'm starting to learn to improvise a lot for the the first time in my career i mean i always improvise with scientists is something you thought you'd never do yeah yeah. oh man when i started because for people that you know i I I'm a blue collar guy. I didn't yeah. I didn't go to college. I was like a factory worker and stuff. So so Did you work I, in the I was a ter- oh yeah. Um and I was a terrible student and everything else. So now skip forward and when I started comedy, I would uh, like I wasn't much of a reader or anything else. Now skip you're forward and now fucking I'm, scientists. I yeah I talk with at least like eight scientists a week. You know? Wow. What yeah. where you what factory did you work in? I the longest job that I had was Ashley Furniture Factory in Arcadia, oh, yeah. Wisconsin. But I, <laughs> I also I worked there for like four years, I want to say, and then I putting I spent, together furniture. Uh, yeah, making parts for furniture mostly. But I did a little assembly line work. Sure. I did a little bit of everything. You moved around, man. Moved you around moved around a little bit. Yeah, Shane's doing good. Yeah. Move him up to assembly. <laughs> Not just a shipping guy, dude. He's good. <laughs> and uh i had uh this is fun my first factory job i worked in a crouton factory uh for a crouton factory? i worked in a crouton factory Wait, so- <laughs> i love telling people that because people like when i first told someone that i've worked in a crouton factory i didn't know that was funny yeah, I had hilarious. no idea. And then everyone's <laughs> just not... like, what the yeah. fuck? You're a you fucking comedian. That's hilarious. Because according to America, as far as I'm concerned, croutons just like happen. Like, yeah, I, you, yeah. You, you, no one knew there no one was knows a whole they get factory. Made. <laughs> yeah, they, well, yeah. I feel like croutons are just like, they're out there somewhere. Yeah. Like they made, I feel like they made a billion of them in the 70s and they just, <laughs> they had enough. You know what I mean? To last for the rest of the time. Yeah, like, yeah. that's it. We're, we're full on croutons. We'll never run out. Well, the people I was working with, I think that might be half true. 
Yeah. I worked third shift in a crouton factory oh, with a bunch shit. of like real degenerates. I was drunk most of the time I was working. Had a boy. Um, and uh, we, we, you know, if you're going to eat a crouton, know that there's some degenerate factory worker that's been dipping their hands in those croutons and, and gobbling some. Did you eat croutons yeah. every day? I ate croutons every day. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I, it's funny. I don't even like bread. But if you turn it into a crouton, I can eat that shit. Bread every and crouton day. are just cousins. They're Especially not the same with thing. The, with some alcohol. Is, oh my they, god! They should instead of pretzels, they At should the have bar, a little thing of, of croutons. Crouton, Shane, dude. you just fucking. Uh, that is, I'm opening a bar, and that's gonna be the first thing I do. <laughs> the crouton. Yeah, fuck. Because the that pretzels. The name are, of the bar. Yeah, the crouton. Yeah. <laughs> because the because the because the bowl of pretzels is gross for some reason. Yeah, the yeah. Croutons would be fun to pick at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm doing. I'm stealing your idea. Uh, yeah, Come to the crouton. We're gonna open up in 2021. I'm gonna, but the first drink I'll make will that be called was the Chain Moss. Our idea. That's right. That's I mean, right, that's I right. wouldn't have thought of it without your help. So. But I, I'll give you royalty. All right. Yeah. How about yeah. that. Don't, yeah, no that's problem. A fucking, no, so, take it. Go. Okay, it's mine. I want you to have that crouton uh, <laughs> okay, money. You, you deserve it. You worked hard. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I, I, you You're, know, I don't. I, I, I've I've had enough good things happen to me in my life. <laughs> You go get that crew. Thank you, money. dude. You're gonna be somewhere in. You're gonna be somewhere in Cincinnati. You'll be sitting having coffee in the morning. You read the paper like <laughs> Andrew Santino's crouton business exploding across the across the country. Everyone's the the, the, like, the you man the the man who made croutons sexy again. Yeah. I came up with that idea. I brought back it. croutons, and the bartender's like, "Sure, you did, pal. Everybody knows Santino's a crouton guy." <laughs> So you worked in a, at a crouton factory, yeah. the other longest stint. I also did, um, I did like a close to a year um, making um, making uh, parts for like it's a lot of like small. It was a small machine shop, but they made they made little parts for helicopters and stuff. And for and, oh shit, um, they made uh, like, like military a lot of military, military contracts. Shit? Wow, that's wild. Yeah, and that's um, good money to have, man. That'll always be there. I mean, it is weird to like have seen that experience of like, man, these are the people that are putting making parts for fucking helicopters. Dude, I think about that all the time. War. Yep, like. You know, it's. I know what you're saying. These guys are like, there's especially there's a lot of in factory work. There's a lot of like piece rate stuff. So you're you're getting paid per the number of units that you're you're putting out. So you know you're kind of you're shuffling through it. Stuff slide a little bit. This isn't the Ferrari factory. (laughs) No one's going over with a fine tooth comb. This is like click 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 go click 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 go. I mean, when you watch those, when I watch those documentaries about factory work it's fascinating to me because of like it's brutal man. it's well it's it, not only is it fucking crazy working conditions for the most part mm-hmm. and and most people are treated completely unfairly and it's gross it's so hard to have an attention to detail because it's monotonous right it's almost yeah. n- mind-numbing i don't know why they don't have like they don't like hire buddhists to work in fact like mm-hmm. you guys like meditation you like not thinking about shit. This is it. Uh, this is it. <laughs> Enjoy the, They're they're out there. Buddhists are out there, like cutting blades of grass to be like instead of using a lawnmower, 
We're going <laughs> to cut things with scissors mm-hmm. because the practice of doing the no motherfucker get in a factory yeah. and like put some furniture together. Yeah. It's the same, same thing, thing, but you're contributing. Yeah. You're actually doing yeah. something. It's like, uh, like the plates in the prison, you know, they stamp plates in prison all the time. Like it's the same, you know, well, I don't even, they do that anymore, but yeah. California states used they to do. fucking, they used to sta- stamp uh, license plates. No, it's yeah. like, that's the most mind numbing. still happening. There's nothing to it. It's just do, 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 do. It's like three steps. It's brutal. And, and, and some people, it was just like, they could get, the mindset of just like you know i love it it's relaxing and there there was a thing about like the peace right thing does do a interesting thing to the mind whereas instead of like looking at the clock like you're in class like when is this gonna be over is it you're like fighting against the clock so you're like oh shit an hour's already gone by i haven't like turned out enough stuff like Uh, oh the day's almost over i haven't finished my so uh you know, and 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 it's part of the reason why meth is such an issue in rural communities now because of that very thing. Yep. Um, but because it's an escape from the the monotony, it's escape from yeah. the same old over and over, and it also gives you a little bit of life in something that you might not be enjoying to do. I'm not saying use meth, but I'm saying if you work in a factory, I wouldn't fucking I I, I wouldn't blame you. I had a guy <laughs> on my don't. podcast that wrote a book about um, uh, meth use in the Appalachian region and oh, breaking yeah. down like why it's. Uh, why it's such a thing and and that's a big contributor it's huge up there it's it's there's uh people are one there's a lot of like you know factory works being phased out by robots yeah you're like the mexicans are taking out well uh, the mexican robots are taking over the mexicans (laughs) are like if anything a stopgap to like they're they're just like a slight little like right they're going to be out of work soon too it's just robot like and if you think you're going to stop that you aren't no like there's nothing you're going to do against that and and why why are you trying to hold on to that job it's the worst job imaginable (laughs) and but uh but there so there's that and there you know to be able to stay in and do that job there's more and more demands being put on people and they're right. getting paid less and so you have math can have like a little bit of a euphoria attached to it mm-hmm. and uh, you can a uh, 12 hour day now you just work some overtime right. it was zipped Goes right by, like by that. yeah uh, and you're putting more food on the table it's a very inexpensive product and then and then you you know you have a source and then all your coworkers are like hey buddy what's your secret and then you break off a little meth for them, and now they're getting meth from you, and now right. you're like, I'm making more off this meth, and, I was, and so now, now you're, you're a meth, meth dealer, and and then and then in the Appalachian region, there's like a lot of tree cover, and so helicopters can't find stuff right. as much. It's easier to to hide a meth lab, and then there's also there's a lot of uh, um, agricultural chemicals that would normally raise some red flags that Not are great there. for you. Right. And so there's just like, it's, it, it's just everything it's prime perfect. For it. yeah, yeah. It's prime for that kind of condition. Yeah. That and, usually happens and with drugs. I get it. I, I never, I've never done my, I've done Adderall sometimes here and there. And I have like, I have emergency Adderall for when I need to make like a 10 hour drive or something like that. Right. But, um, I get it. I, fortunately I don't like speed or I'd probably do it. But I'm um, an opposite drug user. I like that. Da- I like depressants. I don't like uppers. Yeah. I've never yeah, liked yeah, uppers. Yeah, they yeah, give yeah. me, me the too. fucking creeps. And I yeah. also, I don't like the way it makes me yeah, physically yeah. feel. Yeah. So yeah. I've always been, you know, marijuana, alcohol. I, I tend mm-hmm. to like, uh, levelers or, or yeah. depressants and alcohol, but, or like mood levelers or, or stabilizers, mm-hmm. things that'll, things that will increase, uh, 
blood flow to the brain, but which in turn slows you down a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like with weed, I, I'm i slow on weed, dude. I am yeah. your typical, uh, stereotypical, like I smoke pot and I land the plane. Like yeah, I am yeah. just very low key. A lot of people smoke pot and it turns them up and turns them on. That's the like opposite. dabbers, though. Yeah. Dabbers well, dude, but that's are what's happening crazy, now. It's but that's nuts. like the crack of cannabis. That's what it is now, dude. Know? I was I was talking about it on the show. There's a, there's uh you know there there's a woman this woman dabbing granny. I, I reached out to her. She's probably going to do the podcast. She's this famous um uh, famous YouTuber out of Denver, dude. She she smokes. <laughs> Man, an I'm on the amount. same show that dabbing Dab and granny did. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Ooh, well, my I'm fascinated just with I'm fascinated bit. with the amount that people can use because I just simply cannot. Do I it. mean, I know uh, I uh, there's a friend of mine in the Portland area, and um, uh, he he. Consumes. I remember one time we were playing some. I'm a big board gamer. And I was teaching a board, and and he's pretty good at board games, and like gets it usually pretty quickly. And and I was explaining this board game to the group, and he's just like not following it, and it's like getting ear. And I'm like, dude, you do, you smoke too many dabs. Like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh, I haven't done a dab in a while. And then went smoked a dab, and then he could understand the wow. game. Like it, it's just like that. That's, that's a why bad it's place cra- to be. By that's the a way. bad, bad, yeah, bad, a bad place. place to be. I do not recommend it's, it, dabbing. It's, it's the irony is. That I'm not a big. I'm not a big cannabis guy anyway. But I'm pro cannabis. Go yeah, get out go there do if it. you're in. Hey, suit well, yourself. That, I think the irony is when we were using when we when I first started. I first started smoking. Oh my god, twenty some odd years ago, and I've been using pot for that many years, you know, mm. on and off, up and down, some sometimes more than others. And I take massive breaks. Pot to me is kind of like what you said about liquor. Mm. Like I will go six months without smoking pot. Yeah, and me want too. to smoke a joint. And then, but I always kind of consumed it in such small amounts because that's what I enjoyed. It was like a couple of hits on a patio with my friend. And that was that. And then I would go have a couple of, couple mm. of drinks, a couple of, you know, cups of sauce. And that was my level that I liked. Mm. Now... You know, all these other drugs are are you know labeled as the most dangerous things on earth. And crazily enough, people consume so much marijuana that I'm like, that's becoming dangerous. Not not not. I'm not saying it's gonna kill you, but I'm saying it's gonna fucking. It's just it's just like stunting any kind of mental work. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I mean it, it it bears you down. Given you get that high, you're not functioning anymore. Turning you know? anything into a concentrate, and this is from a guy who has a fondness for DMT, which is a concentrate and yeah. one of the most powerful psychedelics on earth, but But you don't use it also, every day. Oh, no. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying, but people smoke pot like but, this all day every day. But yeah, so you turn anything into a concentrate and you're just fucking with this. I I mean, this is why you know like cocaine, for example, yeah. this is our hunter gatherer ancestors were chewing on cocoa leaves. Yeah, this is just to get by, and 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 something they do daily, and was like drinking a cup of coffee, or I I've, I don't know if you've ever heard of cacao. Yeah, of course. Um, and, uh, uh, fantastic, so much better than coffee. It's like a little more euphoric. It's like we should have. I believe it's illegal, which is so ridiculous. But um, not everywhere, by the way. Oh. I watched a thing about this. It's not illegal all over the. It's not illegal everywhere, but hmm. for the most part, here it is. 
Uh, in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. No, uh, no, no. But US many, many places, like, it's not illegal. It's completely, yeah, it's completely yeah. normal. Yeah. And it is, it's like a regular thing to have every day, and it's not probably, but, you know, then you then you figure out how to turn that stuff into a concentrate. And then also, a lot of times, what you've done is extract some other properties uh, of the that that have like unknown effects like uh, like everyone's like oh cannabis is thc is the active ingredient it's like well yeah that's true but it's also what they call like an entourage effect where there's where there's lots of other like these terpenes that's why there's like right. indica and sativa and those sorts of like why would why would there be different kinds of weed if it was just THC? Why would there be any variance in effect whatsoever? And it's because there's these other things mixing in in tandem with it. And so that's what you're like also doing when you take an extract, when you do dabs, when you do cocaine or whatever. You're potentially taking out these other properties that were useful and then you're getting way too much of like the one thing. And I find and that so crazy that people love to do it. It, it is, man. It's I am wild. anti-dab and people get fucking defensive. People get mad. Yeah, too. people get it. Well, because they love that shit, dude. Well, I think a lot of people like to... I got an argument with a buddy about why I like drinking and... You know, this everyone... is fantastic, by the way. I'm you having like... a little more than I thought I was. You have going as much to. as you want, yeah, baby. Yeah. You're a grown up. <laughs> but I love this shit because I think it. Um, I think I have better control and balance over liquor than I ever had over any drug. Mm-hmm. I've never been, you know, I've had some really fucking bad and good experiences on drugs, mm-hmm. and with liquor. I almost always knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I, a lot of times on drugs, I didn't know what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. With this, I know. I drink four more of these things. I know what the fuck is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit my wife. I'm going to burn the house, and I'm going to kill the dog. And that's yeah, just yeah. what I do. Yeah, and the do- I- and the dog and the wife know it's coming. That's so what they like, get. They signed and up that's for what the package. They fucking, no, <laughs> they- but I, th- I think I've always had more control on liquor, which is why I liked it so yeah, much. And, it- and with with drugs. You know, I've just never had good control over drugs. I really yeah. haven't. And I also don't have good control when I do drugs. Mm-hmm. I want to do a lot of them. That's well, a bad thing, d- too. Do you fucks with psychedelics? Because psychedelics are a real mixed bag. Well, yeah. You know, like I'm going to do mushrooms on, on uh, once again on, on, uh, at the end of the month. But I, feel, but I just yeah. feel like I like to plan it yeah, and yeah, then yeah. get prepared for it and then do yeah. it. Because when I took drugs on a whim, when I would take psychedelics, and when I say drugs, like I didn't do a ton of different stuff. I've tried a pretty fair amount of shit. Yeah. But when I would take psychedelics on a whim, uh, it was never good for my my pattern of behavior, right? Mm. Like I would take as many as I can, and I'd be like, let's see what happens. And then yeah. I would end up somewhere where I don't belong. And you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like I, I kind of just like I, I float a little bit too free. When mm-hmm. I'm on psychedelic, when I'm on drugs, yeah, we're comedians. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, we float a yeah. little too free. And then free. at some point, you're like, I also have to be a big boy sometimes. Yeah, like that's my yeah, thing. Yeah. Is I, I think when I was younger, I would get so like, me and my buddy Tyler. One time, we took a bunch of mushrooms and went to a haunted house. And it's like, wh- and on the way there, I remember before we started tripping, because we ate them and then left. And I was like, it'll be just enough time that by the time we get there, we're going to be tripping. And I remember on the way there, like all like ten minutes from, and I was like. Why are we going to a haunted house? Like in the middle of a field, in yeah. the middle of like uh, in Western Illinois. I was like, "Why am I doing this? Is a stupid idea." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the moment we like are about to arrive, me and him turn to each other, and we're both like, "We're kicking." And I was like, "I should not. I'm way I, too ripped I to mean, be in a haunted house." If you've never done a psychedelic before, yeah, and you're like, "Oh." 
what would be like a weird, crazy thing to do on psychedelics? <laughs> like I could see haunted, haunted house, house like yeah. coming up on your list. So that's that was, a neat we were like idea. Seven, Sixteen or something. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> yeah. But, in high but the reality it. of it is, is like it's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's a therapeutic meditative experience yeah. <laughs> but in high school you're like how can i get away from my parents yeah, yeah. how can i get ripped you know yeah, like i did yeah. mushrooms at concerts a bunch i, I love going to concerts and doing mushrooms because right. it was like i love the adventure do you know what yeah, i mean yeah 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 like um of course w- w- one time um this is a wild story one time um we were getting we were drinking a little bit at my buddy's house who now has passed away sadly and we were smoking weed on the train and going to uh going to this concert and um they had a little bit of mushrooms left and i was like i'll take i'll take it like i'll take the rest of whatever's left and no one wanted it i was like i'll take it i didn't anticipate it but i'd already been kind of, i was already a little fucked up mm-hmm. and we get there and me and my buddy had only bought um general admission and our friends had bought floor tickets like on the floor and i was like we're getting on the floor we're gonna figure out a way to get on the floor well i learned that it was in chicago at the uic pavilion the only difference was these bracelets these bullshit bracelets and i was like that's the only that's the only way to get down there well we just need to get somebody to clip a bracelet, hand it up to us, and we can sneak down there. Because they, if they're already there, we're good. Right. We have them sneak these bracelets. We go down. It's all It all works. Then we get stopped. Like, we get stopped, and, and my buddy doesn't have a bracelet. And I'm like, they forgot to give us our bracelets. We're down here. They let us down here. But they said it was good because we had this ticket stub. We had the fake stubs. And they pulled us aside, and the cops were coming. They separated me and my buddy. We're in high school. I'm ripped out of my head on mushrooms, weed, and I'm liquored the fuck up. I probably reek like alcohol because when you're in high school, you're like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not like, oh, the sip. You fucking chug a bottle on the train. And I'm arguing with a police officer over why I deserve to be on the floor because they fucked up and didn't give me a bracelet. And my buddy, I remember my friend was with another cop sitting there silently just shaking his head, and I could tell he was like, Santino's going to get us put in jail. Like he, he was like, he's going to get us put in jail for sure. Yeah. Sure enough, I feed my bullshit story. The cop walks over to, to my buddy, grabs one of the employees. They give us bracelets and he's like, get the fuck out of here. And we got to go down and party. And I was yeah, like, yeah. it was like one of those wonderful moments where I was like, I can't believe it works. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I should, they should have busted us. Yeah. I should have been fucked. And sure enough, the, I was so happy. The first song came on and I've never done this since, but I crowd surfed. I was like, put me up. And I got crowd surfed to the front, and it was the best feeling on mushrooms to have people push you around a crowd. I get why people do it, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was wonderful, man. It was yeah. so f- so free and fun, and they pushed me around for like maybe two minutes straight. I once, it was awesome. I once the weirdest crowd surf that I ever had. Yeah. I went to, I went to, mind you, I mean obviously you're going to know this was for a joke, but I went to the new Vanilla Ice. No, no, you love vanilla ice. Don't pretend. <laughs> don't pretend, Shane, like you don't love vanilla ice. This is like 18 years ago. Vanilla ice wow. tried to get into the heavy metal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. He had a he had a heavy metal. Ice, ice, ice baby. baby. That's awesome. It was so crazy. That's awesome. And where was this at? By it the way? was in La Crosse, in Wisconsin, Wisconsin, at this like really fucking run down, barely hanging on uh theater and there was like 200 people it was like Damn. such a bad turnout and uh and for a guy I, that used to sell millions like, of tickets yeah crazy? and i was like fuck it this i've got to get on stage i'm gonna jump in the crowd <laughs> i'm still gonna crowd surf at heavy metal vanilla, vanilla ice. ice and it was fucking hilarious it was awesome, awesome wasn't it yeah though? yeah it oh, feels yeah. good to yeah, crowd yeah. surf yeah in here we pour whiskey whiskey 
Are you a black sheep in your family? God knows I am. Been outcasting my whole life. I am the outcast, and uh, being the black sheep is not that big of a deal. Comes with some perks. It can be kind of cool. When you get older, you're like, yeah, I stand out. This stuff stands out. This is screwball whiskey. If you've never had it, try it. It is very, very good. Muy bueno, as we say here in Southern California. Screwball whiskey, the peanut butter kind. It's got peanut butter whiskey, man. It is, uh, it is delicious. You put it on the rocks. You can have it neat. Take a shot of it. I suggest putting it with some vanilla ice cream. That was my favorite intonation of this. Um, I also uh, had it in some coffee, and it made my day so much better. But you got to drink it responsibly. I wasn't getting behind the wheel. Like I always say, don't drink and drive. I don't like that stuff. Uh, but I do like this stuff. Screwball whiskey is delicious. It's made here in Ocean Beach, California. That's where it was, in, that's where it was conceived and invented. Uh, the owner of this uh, delicious, palatable whiskey has survived some tough, tough times. And he came to make this, introduce it as a restaurant in OB, and push it out to everybody. And I got to tell you, it's very, very good. It's smooth. It's clean. It's crisp. It's not overwhelming. Um, go to screwballwhiskey.com if you want a bunch more info. It's available all over the map. It's 70 proof, so it kicks it into full gear. Please drink this stuff responsibly. It's worth every little drop. Put it on something delicious. Make it even more delicious. Who doesn't like to add peanut butter to stuff, okay? Get yourself a bowl of chocolate. Melt it. Throw this in there. Sip it. Sip it. Go get yourself a bottle of Screwball Whiskey and enjoy that stuff. Whiskey Ginger fans make 2020 a year where you explore new skills. Deepen your existing passions, man. Get lost in creativity. Go into the depths of your mind. Find out what inspires you, dude. Um, I do really believe in continuing to learn as we grow older. I think we need to continue to exercise our brain. One of those ways is to get online learning communities. Millions of people can come together um, to, to create these creative journeys as one. And there's thousands of, of classes available. I'm talking about Skillshare. If you've never been on Skillshare, I do highly re- recommend it. All joking aside, it's a learning community. It offers membership with meaning. Um, there's tons of classes to explore, something that can help you accomplish real growth and things that you're really looking forward to uh, learning, you know, with a bunch of other people that are in the same boat. An annual subscription is less than 10 bucks a month. That's a joke. You spend more on coffee and, and bagels. Um, do yourself a favor and go check it out because uh, I, I have... Uh, I've gone on the site, um, I've, I've had some fun there, and I'm uh, trying to re-up myself in this, in this Skillshare learning. I'm trying to take more classes on there to try to just, you know, get my brain up again, because we get lully brains, you know, we get sloppy lully brains, and they're a very proud sponsor of the Whiskey Ginger Show, so we like them. Please support the people that support us. Um, go there, check it out, whether you know very artistic, creative stuff, whether you're into writing, I like uh, a lot of the creative writing stuff, that's kind of what tickled my fancy, they may not be for you, there's a ton of classes that you can choose from, uh, but go to Skillshare.com slash whiskey, get two months free of premium membership, that's pretty amazing, that's two entire months of unlimited access, the thousands of classes all for free, when you go to Skillshare.com slash whiskey, once again, that's Skillshare.com slash whiskey. Ginger. I like gingers. Did you, have you ever been to a metal show before? Like a hardcore, like a heavy metal show? I think when I was a teenager, I went to like, you know, uh, tagged along with a friend or, oh, Static X. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's old school. <laughs> yeah, before before they were huge. Oh, really? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this is before they made it, man. <laughs> so, I found so, them first. I'd be like, so that's still within that time frame? <laughs> like, uh, that <laughs> yeah. always? Yeah, yeah. Before they made it? You mean all like, the time? Yeah. yeah. You, mean all the time. <laughs> you mean that's just how they were? <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, at a place, now that you mention it, a place called uh, The Warehouse in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Is I that think still there? Like, Why does that sound familiar? I believe it still might. It's I a music I venue, right? Well, there's a place yeah, called The Warehouse in Wisconsin I that I thought. It, I think it still is. Yeah, it sounds so familiar. And it's pretty small. I think you could, mm. I think you could do like 180 standing room only like mosh pit style that's cool but that's those venues are so fun man right the intimate ones i really love and i think that's the only but but i I, i've never uh i've never been been a big going to live music guy until in my adult life that i wanted to more and really and you know we work weekends and everything and i'm the opposite for some reason i went a ton as a kid and now I'm kind of like, I don't know if I have the time. Yeah, I think my first big concert was Weezer. It's a great show. I've great seen Weezer. Show. Great yeah. show. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome. And uh, and then my next big concert was White Stripes. Oh, that's good, so, too. Yeah, fantastic. You picked two good ones. Yeah, that was Did a good Did you ever go start. to Alpine Valley? Uh-uh. Do you no. know Alpine Valley? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we would yeah. go up there. It used to be called the Tweeter Center. Yeah. That was when I was in high school. That's where we'd go. That's an that's a outdoor amphitheater in Wisconsin that we'd go up to to... Go see massive shows. They would have, uh, what was the what was the pot concert like? Rolling loud? No, not rolling loud. That's new. I can't remember what the like the day he, like heavy days or whatever the bullshit. Mm-hmm. They always put like one of the pothead terminology on a fucking on a hip hop concert because mm-hmm. they're like that's who comes kids that smoke weed and they're right and that's exactly who goes. Yeah, Did you ever go I to mean, jam band it's shows? A, it's smart. Yeah. be like we already got like the african american community coming here yeah let's get some like let's get suburban whites some suburban white <laughs> let's get kids suburban here whites. make yeah. it like a pot thing yeah let's yeah, stir yeah. it up did you ever go to jam band shows um i went to fish was the last big concert that i went to um and i'm not uh i don't dislike fish i'm just not like a you're not fish a fish head, head dude and um people and, fucking love and, that band yeah so so one of my best friends it's his favorite band he's always going on and on and it's not again like you know i, I sure i'm never going to put it on in my car but whenever it's on <laughs> i'm like oh i like i like yeah, this it's I cool like that this is i'll on. tune in sometimes i and, have friends that love that shit and I went, and uh, and he was like, "But it's a whole experience to go to these things." And and so I went in. Um, let's see, that would have been 2018. Yeah, just a little oh, over year. a year ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a year and a half ago. And you and, liked it, though. Uh, I I en- I enjoyed it. There was. <laughs> I, I, it sounds I, like I, you did it. Well, it was okay. I, I had a I had a bunch of drugs stolen out of my tent. Oh shit! Like someone, well, here's the story. And, Tell the and fucking there was what a, happened. Yeah, you know, it's like a bunch of tents set up and stuff. It was like there's a bunch of us uh, friends out there. there. There's a bunch of Wisconsin people that live in Oregon for some reason, or maybe it was just my friend group mm, out there. I get the parallel. I get it. And yeah, it's a similar culture in yeah, rural Wisconsin to yeah, rural Oregon. Yeah. yeah, outside of my main friend group, there, um, there was also just like tons of other like friends from high or just people from high school that I'd bump into out there, and yeah, similar vibe, I guess. And then. It was so we a bunch of us got got a big lot and had tents set up and everything else, and came back from one of the shows one of the nights and all my drug drugs were gone and at Damn. the time because I was having I had had some mental health issues a year earlier I had like mood stabilizers and stuff like that and uh, and which I wasn't on at the time I just had them in case like psychedelics backfired on me or whatever and. Uh, and they took my fucking like mood stabilizers. Like, dude, 
Like, first off, that's not a thing that you want to do. Uh, yeah, that's at not all. something that someone should take. Yeah. Unless you need them. Yeah, yeah. not at all. Um, and then also, like, what if I would have been on them regularly at the moment? What if right. it would have been heart medication or anything? I mean, I did have, like, you know, also in that, like, lots of other <laughs> lots fun, of other fun, fun drugs. Um, but it's just like, what a fucking dickhead thing to do. Because also the prescription things were separate. And then there was also some, uh, some, um, so there's nitrous tanks around. Oh yeah. I've done nitrous. And there was like nitrous tanks wars going on. I guess it's like incredibly profitable to sell nitrous. Like when people like go around to these fish shows and there was like some like racial nitrous tank war what? stuff going on it was pretty when you say racial crazy. i don't know what you mean because everybody at fish is white yeah so there's like some black guys getting into selling nitrous at fish and like uh, crowding in some of the territory and then there was like some white dudes that were just like fucking up random black people that weren't even associated with the nitrous what? just to like send a fucking message i couldn't believe it this is like the prison this is system fucking fish, <laughs> fish <dude>. yeah <laughs> this like, is a fish this show is right like peace love all yeah. the fucking yeah, 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 hippiest yeah, yeah. shit it's like it was so disappointing yeah um but you know i guess well, that that's was one, what, that's one what money show. will do to anybody fuck yeah that's the what that's but, the problem right isn't that why Burning Man, there's no money out there. Isn't that that whole thing? You just trade shit all the time. Yeah, you know I haven't. Is? I haven't been to Burning Man. I, I keep I was, hearing about. I it. I was supposed to go. The I had my big like psychological break, like right before the Burning Man. That I was like, I was, I was going to like one of the camps there. Had, was like going to like get me there, put me up, take care of all my needs, and everything. they can't like pay you to be there but they can you know like take care of you yeah take care of you. and um and so it was like this really terrific opportunity and so i was going to go and i just had i had some issues arise ended right. up in a psych ward at some point you and, did do you want to talk yeah. about it or no oh yeah yeah Absolutely. what happened what, what, what was the psychedelic break I was shooting a documentary about psychedelics, and I, so I was doing more than I normally would have, and I was also going like real hard on the paint, trying to have like bigger experiences. Give me scale. I mean, I was doing mushrooms like three or four times a week for like a few months. What do you take in one sitting? Like four to ten grams. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I got criticism on the last on, the, on, on one of the podcasts I did because I said four to five grams is a significant. It's a good amount of fucking mushrooms. It's actually what you should be doing. Really? I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't. I, I only a couple grams is good for me. Yeah, but uh, that, that's so. But so, you're an, for for an experienced user, it's different, right? Mm, for a novice, don't you think you take less? No, you say go for it. Yeah, there's actually so there's. All right. Well, uh, I will. Uh, of the researchers, that I'm going to take ten at the end of the month. I'm fine he, with because I'm fine you, with you doing that. You're prescribing it to me. Yeah, Doctor uh, Moss. I am, and, <laughs> and and I don't I don't think psychedelics are for everybody. And oh, I, I love. I, them. I, I don't tell everyone that they should do them, but but there is. I am like I really couldn't encourage the big dose more. It, it, it was just where I fucked up was not allowing time to integrate. So so my brain was just like building those connections and some of those connections were just starting to take hold because yeah. it was just every other day. Oh, that's yeah. that's what the problem was. So it was just it was just so it was like a constant barrage. Yeah, yeah, your yeah. brain something needs a break. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not anything that I no no person would have a inclination to do psychedelics as often as that. But I was just trying to tap into the experience to figure out ways of articulating it for the documentary and come up with uh, like what the visuals might look like sure. and everything else. And uh, and it was low budget. We had a short amount of time to do it, and so I was just like really pushing it. And um, and I was also kind of trying to show like you know, backfired on me, but I was trying to show like, other people think like, you know, uh, these things make you crazy or whatever. I'll do such an insane amount of them <laughs> and I'll still be fine. Like watch. And then, yeah, I mean, you are fine subsequently, but you I, did. I, I, but what was the moment that, what was the moment that pushed it over the edge? Ayahuasca was what like really got the manic ball rolling. And then I mean, that shit is kind of dangerous for the brain. Don't you think? No. And I mean dangerous in terms of like if you're not secure with oneself, I feel like you can slip away a little bit. Mm. You don't think so? If you're doing it in the right set and setting, that's see the problem is I think a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do things correctly. I think if you know the right place and you're going to, and you with the right with the right people, like I was, I was just uh, on my head talks show. I was just doing this. uh, I had. I had my guest anthropologist for um, a few of the shows with this anthropologist uh, or my guest um, scientist uh, was this anthropologist, Sophia Rockland, who um, who lives most of the time in Peru, wrote a book about Peru, When Plants Stream. Shout out to her. She's awesome. Great communicator. And um, and she works at a, a place called Temple of the Way of Light in Peru. And so there's all these shady things down the road. If you find the right one, a good one, go down there. And I, I mean, they'll they screen you ahead of time, so they'll let you know if it's not for you. But I would say that your average person, if you are going to a legitimate place, I'm not saying necessarily that one, but just any legitimate one. There's a lot of resources out there, like Michael Pollan has. A, uh, just wrote a book when, uh, uh, sorry, uh, how to change your mind. That's very popular right now. And on his website, he has all these pretty reputable resources for okay. finding, um, things. And, and, and if you do that, um, and you've been screened and everything else, I'd say you're in good, in shape. good shape. Um, but because but of your ingest, ingesting of so many mushrooms so and then the ayahuasca just, things and, and it wasn't even that. It was like the the trip itself was absolutely beautiful and wonderful, and and you know people talk about bad trips and it being confusing or making crazy. That's not what happened. It was uh, it was uh, the most wonderful trip that I've ever had. It was just that like ayahuasca made these like prophecies to me, which I didn't take very seriously within the trip because you should never take any trip anything that comes to you terribly seriously it's kind of the, the, the majority and of trips you're like this is i'm tripping i'm just gonna yeah you have to remember that yeah. you're gonna take get back a, home take it with a grain of salt right um but then and i did that and then in the subsequent days following that like basically everything that it said was going to happen happened to me and it was like bizarre what it, like what did like, it say can you explain the prophecy yeah yeah so um so it was it was <laughs> this is this is very embarrassing. I'm happy to share it, but yeah, it please. Is embarrassing. If you're cool to share it, and um, and it's 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 embarrassing because it, it, anyhow, it told me that it it was something that because I was like networked with all of these scientists, I was I was going to find a way of getting more academics interested in exploring um, the psychedelic realms, and my entry point was going to be 
through DMT, and it was going to be these DMT extended states. So there, there's um, there's a couple people out there trying to do. So DMT, you smoke it, and it's usually like a five to ten minute long, the most intense yeah, experience of your life. Yeah. And but but they're figuring out how to turn it into an IV <sighs> and just keep it on a stable. Uh, and, and so so you can. So you can have a DMT trip that's like four hours long. Holy so you can fuck. spend more time investigating those areas, and uh, and so it was saying it was saying something like, um, like it was going to be related to these DMT extended state experiences. Okay. That was that was just one one of the things. And but but anyhow, didn't take it very seriously. Came down from the trip. I was on a mountain at the time. Didn't have cell phone reception, and then I. When I got down and I had cell phone reception, my very first text that I got was this guy who um, was running the first big DMT extended state trial. Jesus. And he was like, hey, I see you're in town. We're announcing this trial tomorrow on this like Gaia TV. And we have all these people here f- flown from wherever, all these researchers and everything to talk about it. And we uh, we were hoping maybe we could um, uh, that you would be the first participant in the trial. Like you will be the first person ever to do a DMT for four fucking hours. Joe Rogan would his head would explode. (laughs) (laughs) What? Where do you get it? And I was like, what? Like that's crazy. I, I was like, okay. Um. Yeah. Sign me up. You know. And whatever. Yeah, fuck yeah. And that's like what ayahuasca told me to do it last did, night. Weirdly of. enough. And then, like, I went to this thing, and it was a much about how what DMT is, and is it this like thing that's outside of time and space as we know it? And I started thinking about that, and and um, one of my first shows that I was trying to put together was about time travel, and so I, I I've researched time it's one of my favorite subjects to think about but i was kind of sorting out like how would that happen and how could he communicate things and how could he prove things and so i started like messing around with some ideas and then it seemed like like things just started happening to me that made it feel like maybe i was passing information on to time travelers in the future that were coming back in time and altering my life and reality. And once I started feeling that and experiencing that, and it's not like I thought this was real. It was like shot in the dark, you know, but well beyond like a lottery ticket kind of stuff. Like, I wonder if this would work. Like I'd like record little like secret messages into my podcast thinking like, well, maybe in the future people are just maybe like an AI thing is just like downloading everything that's ever been recorded, searching for like how different ideas came along and stuff like sure. that. Sure. I mean, it and, is that exists. I mean, all this stuff is stored in, in yeah, the cloud. And, and time travel is, is, uh, is, uh, as far as we know, like borderline possible and in, in, according to the laws of physics as sure. we know them. I was going to say, physics would vouch for it. Physics would vouch for we it. We just and don't do it yet. Yeah. I mean, as, as far as, as we, we know. know. And so As far as we know. Like... By the way, that should be the name of this podcast, as far as we know. <laughs> and it is I believe that. But you believe you were kind of like manifesting these things into reality. It seemed like I would think of a thing and I would walk outside and the world as I, know, as I knew it had changed ever so slightly. 
like there would be like billboards and things that were just like very different than how I remembered them. Right. Would you like believe in simulation or universe? No? Yeah, I mean, it was an idea that I played around with at the time. Because that kind of follows a sim theory that you've kind of created your own reality, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm into that. Um, I'm super into it. I I mean, I... I think we construct it so much. It would seem weirder to me if we aren't in a simulation right now. Yeah, but I I do think sometimes you're probably more in tune with the simulation than than other times of your life, right? I I think many people go through their life without being in tune with it, and you probably got really close. I mean, I I guess the way that I think about it is, in in terms of as far as that goes, is like, so so you build, so say you build the game Sim, or World of Warcraft, or whatever. Whatever, yeah. You have these computer programmers, there's a bunch of like ones and zeros, there's a bunch of binary code, there's a bunch of coding and everything underlying all of this and then you build these characters and then you eventually want to give them their own characteristics and these individual properties so they can kind of evolve mm-hmm. on their own and and so like within that that character is seeing all of these other people in the roller coaster or, or, right. or the building or the mine or whatever the factory. you're doing and the crouton factory. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this is happening. I'm in a crouton factory, and 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 that and, and that would be a that would be a great way of like of of letting. And there are there are computer models for modeling evolution, like sure. the early parts of how trying to sort out how life began on this planet and everything else. And that's that would be a great like hands off approach of seeing how um, things evolve on their own, and then. What if eventually, like, one of those things just happened to, like, get into some other thing that allowed it to see, like, the underlying coding and somehow, like, alter some things in ways that it it didn't even understand? And perhaps Um, you could be part of that thing. And maybe that's what's happening. It's just this butterfly effect thing that I don't fully understand what's happening. Yeah, there's this... I watched this episode of Rick and Morty. It's a great show where where they like find this death crystal and you hold on to it and it shows you your death. So like if you turn right, your death is like ten minutes from now in a horrible mm-hmm. car accident. If you turn left, you live a long life and and die with the girl you love next to you. And and yeah. and so uh, and Morty is just like. He he's just holding on to this crystal and he's just like moving about in this way that projects this vision of how he's going to die. And he doesn't understand why or how it's happening or what happens between now and then. He just knows when he moves in this direction that it it gets him to the end of this life where he wants to be. Right. And there's there's like this uh this scene where he's like going to surely go and get the death penalty and he's in front of a judge and then he's just like feeling out words like Iowaimus Florida 86 <laughs> coconut <laughs> band and then like the judge is like oh my god like thinks it's her dead husband right like talking to her right and he doesn't understand the context of which like like what he's saying how that's relevant to her but to her this is like this meaningful thing right that he just stumbled across through like feeling out sounds sure and that's what it felt like to me like i was just like feeling out these I, somehow they were changing things 
I didn't understand how. But it was, and but it was, but it was happening. It, it seemed like it was. I, I don't believe that now, looking back. But, but I did. You did check yourself like, in? Kind of believe. It, oh no, I was. Uh, that was against my will. I couldn't stop talking about time travel for a very long time. To, to whom checked you in? To who? Um, my girlfriend eventually like took me to a hospital, and then once they they were they were able to sedate me, and then once I so I, I so I wouldn't sleep for like a long time, like a week or two. And then, and then she'd take me into a hospital. You didn't sleep for a whole week? I would sleep like one or two hours a night. Wow. And then I, I would wake up like springing out of bed with like ideas of like, there's things I need to write down. Or, or like there's this thing that's after me. And there was times I thought like something inside my mind was trying to take over my body. It was fucking crazy. I don't, and, don't, say, don't say the C word. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that word. It was fucking wild wild yeah because the c word is is, has a negative connotation it is it's also just like people allow themselves to write things off and be like well that was just crazy it's like well what does crazy mean then like say that was crazy still explain how did that person go crazy and in what way it's still you still need to explain how things well yeah i don't know crazy is a way of just being like don't dis- need to think dismissive. about that anymore somebody said that i can't remember who said it i i i, I um I, I, I swear to god i thought it was maybe kanye west oh no i'm sorry blah 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 uh chappelle chappelle was talking about i say kanye because i know he's been called crazy a million times mm-hmm. that was my brain went to because people do they call him crazy because he has mm-hmm. grand ideas mm-hmm. and he says things that people disagree with and they get mad about Chappelle was called crazy and Dave Chappelle did you ever hear this and he said crazy is so dismissive it's disgusting it's it's like mm. saying I don't get it so it's wrong yeah yeah, and, yeah yeah and that's why they called him crazy when he went away for a while yeah yeah, yeah. It, 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 crazy is such an incorrect term for someone that's different than you it's like saying um it's basically saying that it, you you are infallible in your action and that must be just absurdist because it's not normal to me. It is. It's like you know, someone someone wants to like uh, crazy is killing uh, and so, eating people. By the way, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and well, and that's the thing too is like if you want to like shit in someone else's mouth, and 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 someone someone's response to that is like, mm, probably you shouldn't do that. People are like, you're fetish shaming right, right. right now. Right. You're right. you're judging. That's yep. wrong for yep. you to do. You're but crazy is still this thing that people are like okay with. Yeah. Like, oh, it you, gets thought, thrown you around. thought you thought you were like time traveling or something. You're crazy. It's like, I might have been wrong. Well, and I, 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 I might have been off, but like you still need to figure out why I was off in that way. But do you think you were wrong or do you think you just, it was an experience you had? First off, I had a lot of, a lot of different ideas and some of them were absolutely wrong. Sure. Uh, And and, and especially once paranoia took hold. That's what I'm saying. When paranoia has got its claws in you, that's a different story. Yeah. Right. But, but experiences that you lived through, they still existed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they happened. Yeah. I'm not giving them any validation. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying they happened and it's a part of your history. It's kind of like we all make a lot of different choices and mistakes and positives and negatives in our courses of life. Sure. And I feel like they're undeniable, so mm-hmm. they happened. And again, not to go call back, but you keep it moving. You, mm-hmm. I think once you've re-centered yourself, you just learn to keep it moving to yeah. go, okay, I am now ready to have a next core chunk of experience and course yeah. in my life, and I probably won't make those 
those things again, do those things again, because I don't want to do it again. I'd rather, I did it. I'd rather move on to a, nif- a different chapter. Yeah. So I, I think it's a, oddly, it's a weird positive because talking to you now, I didn't know this about you. I had no idea. Um, but it's, it's refreshing to hear you be honest about something that you said was embarrassing because I don't think, dude, I don't think it's embarrassing. I felt embarrassed when I had severe, and I mean severe, panic attacks. I had, um, what's the fucking term? I can't even think about it. I couldn't leave the house. I had mm-hmm. uh, agoraphobia, I think that's it, when you can't leave. I couldn't leave my home. I couldn't leave the place that I was staying at. Because I had pan- I had pure panic, dude. When I walked outside, I felt like I was going to die. My chest would cave in. I would have these ocular migraines. I'd go blind. I had all of this stuff that it was it was triggered by a million different things. I didn't pay attention to them when they were happening, you know. Mm-hmm. So I led myself. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Like my friends, I lied to all my friends, and I made up stories because I was ashamed to tell them the truth, which I was struggling with my mental health. Right. But I was ashamed for no reason. Mm-hmm. It was like, why would I be shameful of? of something that I am experiencing. Like, it's not my fucking fault that things are happening. Like right. this is the way the world works, you know? So I think it taught me a lot about myself. It taught me a lot about, which I imagine this did for you too. It teaches you a lot about your position in the world and what you, what you want to accomplish, where you, where you, where you want to go, what you want to focus on. I think it gives us balance, dude. Mm-hmm. I think like though I wouldn't take back that moment for anything, but I don't want to live it again. Yeah, I mean, it's also let's not forget empathy. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's that's a really important factor. Is certainly everything that I've went through. Like when I pass someone on the street and they're like, you know what? Most people are like, "Holy shit, that's a crazy!" Like, that's a crazy there's a thing person. in space yeah. that's like right, telling right, me right, that right. I. Uh, that my family's being held hostage or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a thought that we'll, you'll have. <laughs> Dude, I used to, I used to, I told, I told a joke one time where I said, and this was true, uh, by my old place, there used to be a guy who I'd give money to once in a while when he had good days. Cause some days he wouldn't have a good day and I would yeah. stay away from him and he'd be violent. He would be throwing stuff and breaking shit. And some days he'd be having a good day. And I'd give him a couple of bucks if I was walking down to Trader Joe's mm-hmm. and, um, he would yell, he would yell and be, he would be at like, kind of like a, I don't know, at like a, the same angle every time he would yell, just yell and stare into space. You know, he would just stare out up into the distance and he would scream. And one time, that's why I turned into a joke. I thought to myself as I'm sitting at a stoplight, I was like, yeah, maybe that guy's got the answer. <laughs> like, yeah. maybe that is the, maybe he's figured it all out. Like, maybe he's just like I, professing all this shit. He's like, no one will listen to me. I know all the stuff. Yeah. It's just because it's it, it's just a, a different perspective on the world. Yeah. That's all it really was. I mean, even scarier to me when I think about that is I, I think there might be a kind of a Pavlovian response sometimes where Mm. where sometimes so you know you become a comedian like oh fun yeah Uh, won't that be i'll get up i'll tell jokes i'll make people laugh and then you go and you 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 know you figure out your rule of three like Mm -hmm. hey i here here's my premise and now i've reinforced an expectation and now with the third example i talk about my genitals right and you figure (laughs) out this structure sure and uh you know and and you got it you know you you sort that out first if you know if you're if you're good if you're 
you're like going learning. to be good, you'll figure it out. You'll right. figure those things right. out probably first. That's, right. a, that's the 101. And then, right. um, and not that there's not like some out there oddballs that just like get how uh, that like on thing, you know, Emil Phillips or Eugene Merman or so, that like just get the absurdity like right, right sure. away on a some things level. click for some different people. And yeah. uh, but the the point is, is like you have your fun, cute little jokes, and then one day you uh you you get on stage and you had a rough day and and then you go like my fucking neighbor did this and that and and like my, my dick didn't work last night uh, and then and then you get like the biggest laugh you've gotten in a while because it's like very genuine and everything yeah it's real and then uh and then they, i think there's something in your head that goes huh what just happened there? That was a big. What did I do there? You go back in time and go. Oh, I like exposed this vulnerability about myself. And I'm like, well, what other like <laughs> nasty little bits of myself can I get into? Then you start like being more vulnerable, and yeah. and, and I think it can go to an extreme, like a, in the example of a comedian, where you can eventually be, you know, it becomes this very like exhibitionist kind of like look at all my naughty parts and it's actually i'm i'm much into like what is the story that your inner world is feeding to your consciousness and why what are the mechanisms what are the criteria for it to show you these things that it's deeming relevant for you to experience yeah and and so is it the case that if you like get known as like this like degenerate comedian that you're that your subconscious just like drives you to get more into these degenerate situations. Sure. So you have more of these stories to tell. And is that the case with some of these fucking homeless people out there where they were just like started out of just like, God, I got laid off. It's not going so. And then they had a day where they just couldn't fucking take it anymore. And they're just like, ah! and then the day they went crazy was the day that, People put the most fucking money in their cup, and then the internal worlds go like, "Oh, I know what works for us." Yeah, that crazy shtick. Yeah, we should keep doing <laughs> that. Shtick. And and they and it I've, might I, be I, this. I've had the same thought. I've had that same thought. I've said to myself in a more condensed version. I've said, "I want to see." The <laughs> I day. can be a hero. No, I love it. But I'm saying we had a parallel yeah, yeah. thought because yeah, yeah. I, I thought the same thing, which I was like, I wonder. I wanted to. See, I would love to see the day that 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 it started. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I, yeah I'm yeah, saying yeah. what you're saying. It's why. Right, right, right. I I just saw the little piece of it. Yours is much right. more in depth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot, dude. Okay, <laughs> but I would love to see the day that it started because I imagine yeah. the crux of that was fascinating. Like the, yeah, the, the, the yeah, beginnings yeah. of those things of anything. I right? bet it was a small break. Always, it always is though, isn't it? Isn't it like the same crack. thing with comedy? Yeah. The same thing with any kind of. Uh, you know, the th th anything in our universe like that becomes a larger thing usually starts extremely small, and then we're yeah. like, "Oh shit!" It opens up this door yeah. to a million other things. Like and me being someone who's never actually seen Tim and Eric, but say like Tim and Eric actually tried in the beginning to like make a high quality thing, and then like they looked at it and trying to edit it, and it was like kind of laughable but then they're like but that's actually funny yeah and well, super subversive yeah and, and and then and then you put and then like oh and then they you get rewarded for that and then totally. it's like they might have just been very normal dudes that, that then just Had you know got rewarded well, like, i mean that happens in our society all the time it's like a, a lot of musicians 
will say that they didn't intend on making that kind of music. I'm not saying uh, the majority, but I'm saying there's people that go, you know, I, there's a kid named Post Malone. Do you know who that is? You familiar with him? He's yeah, yeah. He he even out loud was like, I'm not a rapper, but like they rapper categorize him. He's like, I just make fucking music. And now he sings a lot. He does a kind of like folky country stuff. Mm-hmm. And people were trying to put their finger on him, but he was like, you guys said that I was a rapper. Yeah. I yeah, fucking yeah. didn't say that. I fucking, because just because I rapped a few times. Sturgill Simpson's kind of the I same way. I love Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. I fuck with that dude so hard. I think he's incredible. I don't he know can't be, about him. But he can't yeah, be he categorized. Does, yeah. He is, he's someone who loves psychedelics. He likes mm-hmm. the sauce. He likes to explore his mind, and his writing reflects that. There's a great story I think I've told on this podcast, but I, I like to say it to people that don't know. He, he, um, he on, on uh, two albums ago, uh, on, I think it's Time Traveler's Guide to the Universe. I think that was the album, but he did um, Nirvana's In Bloom, mm. um, and maybe one of the best songs that he ever wrote. In Bloom is such a good fucking song mm. because it was Nirvana's way of professing to the audience that they didn't get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. it was insane. He was really saying he was like, you know, he's the one that likes all our pretty songs and he likes to sing along, but he don't. He doesn't know what it means. Yeah, yeah. He likes to shoot his gun. He has no idea that like Kurt was kind of inundated with these bro fans that he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. who this is for, but oddly enough, that's who we attract. And, and so, especially he was like fucking with people all the time too, constantly. which was like he he would have like his method was like here's one line. That is profound and meaningful, and then the next line is pure gibberish. Yeah, it's nonsense. And then, and then back and forth like yeah. that, and people didn't get it, and they read into every line. Yeah, well, yeah, but that can be that can be music does that so much that yeah. some things get misinterpreted so many times that they're so far away from the original meaning that even the artist goes, "I didn't, I don't, maybe mm-hmm. I don't even know," you know. But Sturgill, I guess, had said he wanted to do the song, and I guess he wrote Kurt's. Um, uh, Kurt Cobain's uh, trust or whatever, you know, mm. your legacy, whatever they call that, there's your, and said that he wanted to do it, and daughter and, you know, um, Corny Lover or whatever, whomever yep. runs the trust was like, you know, we don't really like to put out Kurt's song. We don't let other people kind of redo the songs. That's not really what he wants to do. And I guess Sturgill made the song. I might be a little bit off on the, on the tale of it, but I guess he made the song and sent it to her or, or, or just sent her the music without the lyrics or one of the two. And then they approved it. Apparently, it was like this is. Hmm. It's honestly, I'll play it with you when you're off the podcast. Um, yeah, it, it's I'm one of my favorite songs it. of all time. It it makes me feel so many things because it's just is like this. It's this call to. It's this call to a generation. Obviously, for my youth, that was like so meaningful to me, mm-hmm. and also for my guy who I like as a musician who traditionally. A lot of people in his category wouldn't fucking play Nirvana. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it probably wouldn't be a lot of country music right. artist, whatever the fuck you want to say. But I think that's the beauty, which is also the beauty of great comedy, dude, which is why mm-hmm. I, what you just said was so cool before that about making a transition into what finding what you really want to do in comedy is fucking wild. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool that you're finding your specific niche about the talks that you want to have, the interactions, a conversationalist, I think you said about somebody before. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you want to become. That's what you're you are becoming because mm-hmm. you don't want f- to get labeled. I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty tits. If I Thanks, can use the expression, man. are yeah. you, so are you on tour right now? Can you, can, where can people come see you and come the fuck out and do that? Fucking everywhere. Everywhere. 
Is it ShaneMoss.com? All of the time. ShaneMoss.com. My main thing that I do full time is stand up science, which is two scientists, second comedian on each show, half science talks, half comedy. And now I just did a trial run of a psychedelic version of that called Head Talks. Cool. And I'm now uh, touring with that every few months. So I'm kind of a little more at the whim of my guests there because sure. it's harder to find psychedelic. Book. researchers than than scientists in every city and uh and then I, I still do regular stand-up from time to time but if you get to see me do regular stand-up that doesn't ha- i have i have a goal of only doing three weeks of regular comedy club stand-up next year and or no four weeks and i already have three of those weeks um booked, booked. so there's only going to be one wow. more and it's going to be it's it's going to have to be like my favorite one of my favorite clubs in the country well, so i love that go uh go taste the chocolate uh if and you check can. out my podcast here we yeah, are check out if here we are we'll put... a bunch of science stuff in a uh hopefully accessible and entertaining way they'll like it i know they will we'll put all that shit in the description below we'll put shanemoss.com down there and, and by and the, the way shows. yeah could I tell you, when we were talking about moving on, Yeah, actually the name of the Here We Are podcast is about how, so so I I talk with uh, evolutionary biologists and psychologists and neuroscience uh, people and and psychologists, a lot of life science stuff, but a lot of, a lot of people addressing kind of the expanse of the human condition and all of the different variables that go into like why we, like why... You bought the thing for a gift for Christmas for mm. your friend, like breaking that down to like a billion years ago. Oh, that's what wild. happened. And and I sometimes get so caught up on that that it's just like life is just so complex and so overwhelming that that I I almost start and I'm not one I don't have anxiety or, or like panic issues much. I have depression stuff, but sometimes just gets so vast that i'm just like what the fuck and the only thing that i can tell myself is just like well here we are and here so that's are. my kind of that's mantra your keep it moving. like keep it moving well here yeah. we are and keep it fucking moving yeah, yeah dude it's been honestly a pleasure uh i want to link everything for everyone below in the description please go see this dude i think he's incredible i don't get to see him enough i'm glad that i got to see you i'm glad you I'm came glad I got to this see was you. fucking Thank so you. good this here's, is great. here's what we do you have to stare into the camera just you solo and i'm gonna walk away and you're gonna either say a word or a phrase that closes out the show go ahead <laughs> oh this is a lot of pressure. All right. Drink up, everybody. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. Oh, that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are oh, hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers.